Well, here we are, far into Lent, anticipating Easter. We are a week away exactly from hopefully moving into phase three. I think we were there once before, weren't we? Maybe last summer sometime, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Things seem to be progressing. Last night, I got the opportunity with uh, some of our middle schoolers to look at the first kind of category of worship, our gathering, and how God's given us as a gift this time to gather, this time to be uh, together and to turn aside, kind of like Moses does at the burning bush, to take off his shoes and enter into a holy place, to quiet the mind and to focus on what God's word is saying and doing and calling us to do. We also have our very last First Communion class tonight with 10 of our young people in the congregation. And a story came up in that that made me think about how all of this worship stuff gets tied together. I'm a little ahead of the game in telling this story because it's a post-resurrection story, but it's the story from Luke 24 on the road to Emmaus. It's a story, if you don't remember it, where two of Jesus' disciples are sadly walking on the road from Jerusalem to Emmaus. They are distraught. They have seen their leader killed by the Roman government, executed really. And they have heard some reports about you know, him being alive, but it was just women, so obviously that can't be true. <laughs> well, Jesus encounters them on the, on the road, truly resurrected, accurately seen by the women, of course. And he talks with them, but they don't recognize him. And it isn't until they get to a place and break bread that he is revealed and suddenly disappears. You know, that made me think about my own worship life. And worship not just as something I do on Sunday morning, but worship as this sense of openness to the word of God, what God is doing and saying and where God is calling. And I thought about this story because as those disciples encounter Jesus, we oftentimes think about how their eyes were shut from seeing him or they were kind of blinded or whatever it might be. But, but why is that? It made me wonder a little bit. And then it made me think that this strikes a little too close to home. How often are my eyes blinded by my busyness, by my distractions, by my endless need to fill my mind with all kinds of thoughts or images or videos or whatever it might be. My inability to step aside and to be quiet, to listen, to pray, to be still. I think that's one of the wonders that we have in our worship life together, that we do get that opportunity to step aside, to clear our minds, to be still, and to experience the fullness of God. God in the welcome and in the gathering and the forgiving. God in the praying and the setting all of our, of our uh, needs and the needs of the world uh, on God's shoulders instead of our own. Our gathering around a table. Our gathering to hear God's word proclaimed. The real presence of Christ showing up in that meal and then being sent out into the world. There's a pattern in this, and it's a pattern that is not just something we do because that's how it's always been done, 
but because it is life-giving, because it gives us an opportunity to step aside, to take off our shoes, to take a breath, to step into a holy place, to be filled for the sake of service to the world. I hope you can take an opportunity to worship. Maybe that's an individual devotion time, or maybe it's Wednesday night or Sunday, or a combination of all of those things. It truly is a life-giving practice.